Welcome back in for our quarantine continuation as By Order of the Peaky Blinders continues to try to cover everything that could possibly be related to our favorite show, Peaky Blinders. He's Josh Levy. I'm Daniel Gilman. And today, what we're going to be doing is kind of giving a little bit of a brief synopsis of the new Tom Hardy movie that was released immediately, video on demand. It was uh, called Capone, Josh. We talked about it a little bit a few months ago when we saw the trailer. And uh, I don't know if if you saw this at all, but I I saw it and it was it was not it was not great. I did not get a chance to see it. Uh, I'm a big Rotten Tomatoes guy, so. I looked up the reviews and it it did not get good reviews. It's not officially certified fresh. Uh, it I was I was honestly skeptical of of the review because sometimes when movies just get released, especially if they're not in theaters like they are now, not a lot of people have watched it. So I thought that maybe the Rotten Tomatoes review was kind of skewed. But then you told me that it was not great, and that's disappointing. Yeah. So uh, you know, in in best fashion as we like to do, we're gonna pivot here. And instead of wasting your time talking about a movie that was drawn out, that was filled with flashbacks, and that was, you know, emaciated with uh, accents that are hard to understand, we're going to talk about some of Tom Hardy's best accents. And so if you want to be a part of our conversation here, you want to let us know what we're wrong about with Tom Hardy. If you liked Capone, go on facebook.com slash Podcast, or just send us an email at B-O-O-T, Blinders at gmail.com and josh you know what before we dive in to the vault that is filled with accents from alfie to bane what i do want to do is talk for a few minutes to our you know worldwide audience here on our apple on our spotify stream about gangs of london just for one minute because josh and i just finished up all nine episodes of this british gang drama may sound familiar in the description a little bit different than Peaky Blinders, a modern day show on Now TV, on Sky Atlantic, coming to Cinemax soon. And Josh, what was your takeaway from this Joe Cole, Michelle Fairley, you know, Gareth Evans and Matt Flannery production? It is elite television. If like the definition of elite television, one of the best shows that I've seen since, since Peaky. It's Game of Thrones level, it's Peaky level. Uh, highly recommend it. It's it's it got us hooked. It really you know filled the void during during quarantine with television shows. It's not your typical show. It's very violent. It's very graphic. It has a really great plot twist. One of those shows that just cast a bunch of plot lines all over the place, ties it together in a great way, and it leads very well into 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 the next season that uh, that it's definitely gonna have. So. I highly recommend this show. It is in my top 10 television shows right now. Obviously, that's recency bias, but uh, it's, it, it's really deserving. And if you're sitting there wondering, wait a minute, you know, I subscribe to you guys. Why haven't I seen any pop-ups about this? It's because Josh and I are covering the show on our Patreon, patreon.com slash by order of peak. You can go on that website, scroll to the bottom and listen to our first episode for free. Listen to us talk about the pilot of Gangs of London then you can decide if it's worth just $5. You can get our entire backlog over 35 episodes talking about Peaky Blinders and talking about Gangs of London. Joe Cole stars as, you know, the, the, I guess the son of the gang leader in London. And of course, that is John Shelby. 
and there are plenty of Game of Thrones and Peaky Blinders actors weaved within. And if you like that, you know, the wire Game of Thrones kind of crazy plot lines that all connect in one way, then I think you'll enjoy it. So if you have some trouble listening, you know, or finding a way to watch that show, go ahead and hit us up, email, Facebook, Twitter, anything you want. It was just named as a nominee for Best New Drama at the TV Choice Awards and Joe Cole, along with Sope Derisu and Michelle Fairley, all nominated for Best Actor or Actress. So we're looking forward to that. But let's get to what we wanted to talk about here, Josh. What we're going to do is we're going to have a broad conversation about Tom Hardy and his excellence. I think there's no doubt that the man is somewhere near the, the Mount Rushmore of actors in our generation. He's definitely up there. I don't think there are as many movies that you and I have specifically seen because they're on the British side. So what we will be doing is mainly focusing on his major motion picture, American success hits, and really trying to get that Mount Rushmore, that top four roles of Tom Hardy. I think it's pretty obvious and pretty clear that both of us are biased in where we say that Alfie Solomons already has a spot on that Mount Rushmore. So just three more, three more spots for us, Josh, for Tom Hardy. When do you remember the first movie you saw or show that had Tom Hardy in it? I I don't remember exactly what the first movie or show that I saw was. Like I probably didn't realize it that I'd watched a bunch of things with Tom Hardy. Uh, I would probably say Inception that I really realized that Tom Hardy is who he is. Um, but there's definitely so many things that that you could that you could mention with Tom Hardy's name. Uh, but he's he's just one of those guys that is elite crossing television and movies. And Inception, I'll tell you right now, is one of my three for him. It was the only role that I can remember where he just plays a normal bloke. Like he's just a an everyday guy that he, you fall in love with. He's only on the screen for about 12 minutes or so, maybe 20 minutes. But everything else that we talk about today is going to be some sort of accent or some sort of you know, majestic creation like in The Revenant. But I'll tell you, the first one that I saw him in was a movie that upon a rewatch may not be as good, but I'm going to keep it pristine in my memory. It's, it's a corny rom-com called This Means War, where the, there's these two secret agents and it's Tom Hardy and Chris Pine, two of my favorite actors, and they are fighting over the same girl. And the girl is Reese Witherspoon. And it was a movie that I just cracked up watching. I want to say it's like, maybe 15 years old even. This means war. If you guys want to check out something old with him in, that's really what we're trying to get here. We're trying to get a conversation going where, you know what, during quarantine, maybe you got a few movies that you want to add to your to-do list. I know there are about seven of them with Tom Hardy in it that I am dying to see. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But Josh, let's hear the first of your top three Tom Hardy roles outside of Peaky Blinders. Top three Tom Hardy roles. So, I mean, no particular order. I'm going to go with... The Dark Knight, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, where he okay. plays Bane. That's just, I mean, elite, elite acting on his end to just transform himself into someone that you didn't even. Obviously, he's he's wearing whatever contraptions that's on his face. He his ability to transform his voice and the way that he talks is just amazing. Uh, and Mad Max Fury Road is my second favorite. Just just one of the most unique television uh, uh, movies of all time, in my opinion. Yep, that one was a wild one. And it's just going to get on the outskirts of me because as, as an actor, I've watched that movie recently. It's 
a 10 out of 10 movie, but Tom Hardy's specifically does not speak often. It seems like a lot of his lines are dubbed over. So I wouldn't necessarily put that in my upper echelon, but it's a great one. Mad Max are coming out with a sequel coming up soon. But before we kind of, you know, dive more into that, let's talk a little bit about Dark Knight Rises because I think this was the entrance for Tom Hardy as a name. It's, it wasn't even his face. So a lot of people, you guys may just be realizing for the first time that Alfie Solomons is Bane. I mean, we've mentioned that he's British Bane a few times and Josh loves the accent work, but there are a few movies similarly to Dunkirk, which is just on the outskirts of my top three as well, because Tom Hardy is covered, his face, for the majority of the movie. Dunkirk, he works as the fighter pilot who essentially has the greatest arc, comes back as the hero at the end and sacrifices his life to, you know, essentially help all of his British comrades get out of Dunkirk and across the, the, the pond. But what he's done, Josh, and I think it's something that is unfortunate, I think Tom Hardy has chosen to be a little bit more artistic than movie star. And it's played against him in roles like Dark Knight Rises and like Dunkirk because he's not putting his face on the big screen. It, it's, that, is, that is true, uh, but his role in Dark Knight Rises is just... No, it's iconic. I agree. It's, it's, on, it's in my top three. I don't know what he does to, to make himself sound like that. I mean, he sounded almost, he sounded like a robot. He sounded robotic. And then he also has to get into the most incredible shape of his life because he's absolutely jacked, which you can't really tell in Peaky Blinders the way that he is jacked like that. But uh, it's, it's an iconic role. I mean, there's he, people were dressing up as him for Halloween, Halloween costumes. You know, people still to this day uh, quote him. I was bored of the darkness like that, that, that is like a, that's an iconic quote from that movie. And I, I will hats off to myself for that tremendous uh, impersonation. That was but, guys. I just want to say, Josh just came in cold. There was no warm up. None. Was nothing. He none. got a recent haircut so that the wind flow is moving a little exactly. bit awkwardly. And that was just impeccable. The aerodynamics are back, baby. <laughs> but, uh, just one of my favorite uh, um, movies. I mean, he's not even like a, he's not even like the main, main, main character, but he is the villain. And he was, he was scary and his ability to, to make you laugh and peaky. And then his ability to make you fright, frightened of him in Dark Knight is what makes him amazing. So that's why that's definitely one of my top three. No doubt about it. And I do want to talk about some of the more iconic roles in, in movies, like we mentioned, that are up there in the IMDb, in the Rotten Tomatoes, something like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, where Tom Hardy comes in for a minor role. Everyone, it seems like, has a minor role in that movie. That was one of the most confusing movies that I have ever seen. It's like a movie so, that tries to confuse you. I, I told you when we were discussing, like, oh, like, what, what movies uh, are you going are you, are you, are you to possibly say? Because we obviously didn't, like, reveal lists to each other. We kind of just, like, discussed different movies before we kind of, had our concrete list of, of movies. And I was like, I've seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah. I could not tell you exactly what it's about because it's so convoluted and it's like a, a whole like giant scheme that you can't follow. I was too young to probably understand the historical significance of it all. And I didn't even remember Tom Hardy being in the movie. I, I remember, I've seen it more recently. I think it works better as a book. I have read the book. It's very well done. As a movie, it's a little bit all over the place. But what Tom Hardy has done, and, and it shows so well in Peaky Blinders, is he has kind of driven his stock to a level where he, as like an actor, is an icon. 
you know, we talk to actors in Peaky Blinders that have said that they look up to him. They've been watching him since he was Freddy in The Take, which is a little mini series on Amazon Prime, Josh. That is hilarious because Tom Hardy's like a 25 year old who breaks out of prison or just gets out of prison and he just does a bunch of crazy shit. And it's just nonstop madness the whole time. There's Guy Ritchie flicks that he really starts to make a name like Rock and Rolla, which is an all time movie for me. If you liked, if you remember, remember Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr.? Yes, that yes. That movie yes, yes. and like the style yeah, yeah. of it and everything that's kind of going quickly and the fighting scene. Right, kind right. Of, that was made by Guy Ritchie. And there's okay. a, a recent one called The Gentleman, which I highly recommend with Matthew McConaughey, which is also phenomenal. But Guy Ritchie went through a non. Um, like a non-mainstream stretch where he made some crazy, crazy movies, including Rock and Roll. All of these were kind of like, uh, like Snatch. Did you ever see Snatch with Brad Pitt? No, Which, but like, I did it. Right, like but bang, I did hear about it. Yeah, yeah there, these movies are all about like they're all they're basically heist movies, kind of like Italian Job. That's what I would compare mm, it to. Right, movies right. like that where, but it's instead it's just madness with a lot of twists. One of those, it's basically like a whodunit heist movie and Rock and Roll is phenomenal. Bronson is another one that I have seen bits and pieces of, but it's on my watch list. But I will say that there are two that I can't, I can't speak to, but I feel like I would put somewhere up there in the top five for Tom Hardy because I haven't seen them yet. But Locke and Warrior are two movies that are on my must-see list. Locke, the entire movie takes place in a car, I believe, where Tom Hardy is a driver and he drives someone around and it's a whole, I don't really know I don't want to spoil because I don't know anything. And then Warrior is another one of those true story, you know, kind of like the fighter where it's like a brother and his, you know, his brother are going into MMA or UFC or something like that. And they fight together and it's supposed to be a really feel good movie. And that's on the list too. But I've heard Tom Hardy is phenomenal in both of those. Yeah. I, I just looked up Locke. Uh, as I said, I'm a, I'm a certified fresh freak. So Locke what do we, what do we got on Locke? 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So and it's Ooh. on Netflix too. So that's that seems like it could be an easy an easy watch, easy viewing experience. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that that soon and then we'll 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 have to break down the commentary of that movie possibly because that's not a bad friends. idea. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 gonna be weird to see Tom Hardy in a role where like he's like a normal human being. Like he's not a normal human being and like in, in Dark Knight and Mad Max and in, in Peaky, he's like a different creature of a human being. No, but I think I, I, if I remember correctly in the trailer, he does have a weird accent in Locke. I'm telling you all this stuff, he's got these crazy accents and it's almost like, what are you doing Tom Hardy? Cause he could have the trajectory right after inception. His stock was so high. I feel like he could have been like James Bond. Like they were talking about Tom could, Hardy, James Bond. And instead, he went to go really more of a, which, hey, power to him. If I was in that role, maybe I wouldn't want to be, you know, this you know, worldwide phenomenon. Instead, he follows these passion projects. And so now we're going to get to the part of the show where I'm going to talk about Stephen Knight's passion project with Tom Hardy. It's a show called Taboo. Have you heard of this? Mm -hmm. I have. I have. I, you've raved about it. I've heard other people rave about it, but I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. But I heard it's great. Unfortunately, I wouldn't say I would rave about it. It's not necessarily great. It's, it's, it's basically a, a, an attempt at Peaky Blinders, but set like 200 years earlier. So instead of 1918, it's like 1718. And he basically lives in India, which is you know, owned by Britain. So it's the Indian tra India Trading Company. 
and he's like trying to make a deal with the Brits to smuggle himself to America and then earn a piece of California. And it is the weirdest, it is the weirdest show. And there's a second season coming out soon, but it's Tom Hardy's passion project. So it's just like an interesting thing for him to describe. I would say it is worth your time if you like Peaky Blinders as the host of a Peaky Blinders podcast. I did the due diligence. I watched Taboo. I told Josh, maybe I didn't necessarily say you would like this because I don't know if you would. It also stars Stephen Graham, who was announced he's going to be in Peaky Blinders season six. He's great. He's also in Boardwalk Empire. I believe he plays Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire, which ties us all back into uh, to Capone the movie, which if you want to watch it and maybe give it 15 minutes, I think you'll decide very quickly whether it's a movie for you or not for you. Mainly, if you can understand Tom Hardy as Al Capone, then maybe it's a movie for you because I had no idea any of the words he was saying. It's like, it takes place very late in his life, Josh, where Al Capone is like having Thanksgiving dinner with his family and talking about how important it is to uh, like divide, to like conquer land. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I looked at the score and I was like, this is not going to be for me. Yeah, I, it seems like they kind of like forced the issue on that one with, with, with Tom Hardy and the whole premise with uh, Al Capone. So disappointing because they could have made it like a cool ass mob movie with you know kind of like a biopic but it doesn't seem like it's really a biopic of uh al capone right and unfortunately it's uh it's creator or director i should say writer director is now kind of 0 for 2 in this decade because josh trank is the one who decided to remake fantastic four yeah and that was a that was a bit of a of a flop that was, a, that, was, that was a big yikes, for sure. That was not great. Yeah, that's a tough one. So we would, we would say as much as Capone might bring you into this episode, because that's what we're kind of basing this conversation about. Instead, if you haven't seen any of these Tom Hardy flicks, if you haven't seen The Revenant, Josh, I know you're a big Revenant fan. What would you, where would you put that in terms of your Tom Hardy list? Because he's in it, and he's definitely a main character, right? But it's a lot of yeah. moaning. I, I, I wouldn't put that in my, in my top three. It, it didn't crack my top three. It's a, it's a solid film of production, but the acting I feel like is more of like, it's, it's, it's different kind of acting because you're not, you know, your emotions aren't being portrayed. Your, your dialogue isn't being portrayed. The kind of movie that Tom Hardy is masterful at and when he's portraying dialogue and portraying his face and stuff like that, like if, if I'm getting that across, but the Revenant was just too long, a three and a half, or it was like three and a half hour movie or, or something like that. And, uh, and that movie is all about Leo DiCaprio, in, in my opinion. So I, I wouldn't put Tom Hardy as, as that being his movie that kind of, you know, cracked my top three. So I agree with everything you just said. And remarkably, neither of us are going to put Tom Hardy's only Oscar win in his top four roles. Like, isn't that right. why that he won an Oscar? for supporting actor in The Revenant, and yet both of us, and I think it's almost a, a wide-held belief that it's not his best movie. It is, it's nowhere near his best movie. And I, I don't know, I don't know what his, like, would you say, what would you say his number one, would you say it's Dark Knight Rises, his number one movie? I would say Mad Max. Fury, Mad Max, because he's the I, star. It's just like that movie is so unique. Like, it's such a unique part to play where he probably really had to get into that role. Like, you know how like, like guys like Heath Ledger 
you know, had to really get into the role of the Joker. Joaquin Phoenix had to really get into the role of the Joker. We heard from Adam L. Hagar on the podcast talk about how uh, Tom Hardy loves to get into his role and how he can't crack out of the role of, of Alfie Solomons. We highly recommend going to listen to that if, if you want to have a follow-up to this episode. So he probably was like in the Mad Max role so deep into it that that's why it was so masterful. And it's just a, it's like a very, very interesting role that he played. And that's why I appreciate that more than any one of his other movies. The Dark Knight is, it's like neck and neck. If I had to choose, it's like 1A and 1B. See, for me, I think he is the main guy in Dark Knight Rises. I think it's a movie about Bane and it's got Bane's background and it's got his existence and it's got his reason to be there. And yet Mad Max feels like a Furiosa story. It's, it's, right. Charlize, it's Charlize Theron stealing the spotlight. But that's just for me. I, I mean, we both got him one, two. What's interesting is neither of us have announced what our fourth entry into this Mount Rushmore is. And I'll tell you mine. And mine is a little unique because he only appears in this TV series for a short amount of time. But it is by far one of my favorite miniseries, whatever you want to call it, limited series of all time. It's Band of Brothers. Tom Hardy, one of the earliest roles that I remember him being in terms of age. Now, I didn't see it up until, you know, maybe three, four years ago, but his presence and his, the way that he held himself in Band of Brothers, which is, of course, you know, a, a tr- kind of true-to-life biopic of sorts about a, a group of soldiers in Europe in World War II, and it's got a bevy of who's who of actors, and Tom Hardy's one of them, and that's going to be my, my fourth. So I've got Peaky Blinders, Dark Knight Rises, Inception, and then, and then Band of Brothers as my top four Tom Hardy roles. And yet I haven't even announced what is probably one of his most well-known movies in terms of notoriety because of the production that he was a part of, the studio that he filmed it with. But I'll hold off until we've mentioned that one until after I hear your fourth. Well, it's... It's, it's not going to be a surprise, but my fourth is, uh, is, is the same as yours with Inception. Well, not, not your fourth, but one of yours is on mine. I mean, Inception is one of my favorite movies yep. of all time. And as I said, I like roles where Tom Hardy is more humanized. And in Inception, he's more humanized, and he's a stud. He's, he's, he's a very key part in the movie. And uh, that's, I've seen that movie at least 20 times. It's always playing on HBO. It's always on, on a rerun. I could watch that from start to finish. And I think that that was kind of, ironically, the inception of my appreciation for Tom Hardy. See what I did there? Yeah, oh <laughs> I, I would say Tom Hardy and Killian Murphy. Right, right. And it, it, it's just a masterful movie with so many great actors. Um, and that, that's why it's going to be in my Mount Rushmore. I got Peaky Blinders. Dark Knight Rises, Mad Max, Fury Road, and Inception. Just think about all those, those uh, pieces of cinema and television. Just, just think about how elite Tom Hardy is to have himself involved in all those. And that's not even mentioning The Revenant, which was an Oscar critically acclaimed film. Uh, that's not even mentioning Dunkirk. Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Dunkirk, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy Man. I, I didn't like Dunkirk at all, to be honest. But uh, that's, that's just a personal opinion. Oh, just my goodness. What a take. Just a lot of loud noises. I didn't even really love 1917 that much either. They're not bad movies. Just no, I feel you. The, They're just so different. It's like, I, I saw, I mean, I saw Dunkirk in theaters in IMAX. It was just like, why am I watching just explosions? Like, I, I, could, I, could, I can watch, like, the History Channel 
and I could watch the same thing. Yeah, but, we're, we're going to have to have a conversation. Just me and you are going to have to have a conversation one day just about what Dunkirk is. Because I think if you were to watch it again, you would understand that it's set up in different timelines. And I think maybe you would like it a little bit more. Like the, the plane... Uh, yeah. The plane is yeah. set up on a different timeline as the boats, which were one week, you know, one week later, and the plane is one hour later, and the you know, the people on the the shore is one hour later. It's all that. I, man, I love Dunkirk. It's uh, that's just a personal we're gonna thing. Get by I mean, I, we're going to get by that as co-hosts. We'll just move on from. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you know, we we don't always we don't always agree uh, on 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 all these matters, but you know, we definitely did agree on a lot of our of our Matt Mount Rushmore of Tom Hardy. Uh, uh, movies slash television shows, but I mean, I think I don't know if you'd have to agree with me, but Peaky Blinders I think is his best acting performance out of Hands all down. of them because it's it's the one it's the one show slash movie where you could really get a sense of a, of a personality of Tom Hardy, in my opinion. All I I've mentioned time and time in this episode that sometimes he doesn't even speak. Mad Max he doesn't speak. He, he in in uh in Inception he does, but and then in uh, the Revenant he doesn't speak and all, but and, and Peaky Blinders, we really get the dialogue and the personality of him, and that's why I appreciate it the most. Okay, and then we've got two movies where he just used as his playground that we're going to wrap this up with, where he does nothing but talk. And these are two movies that I have yet to see, and I'm very ashamed that I haven't seen them yet. Legend, where he plays twin brothers, which always is weirds me out, where he plays the twin brothers who were bad guys. And, you know, you guys, if, if you've seen Legend, you know it. It is weird. It is quirky, it is a lot of Tom Hardy, and it's definitely on my list. And then the last one, the one that I teased you, the one that probably, if you were to ask like a seven-year-old on the street or a 15-year-old in Thailand or a 30-year-old in India, they would maybe associate him with his Marvel movie because Tom Hardy did a Marvel movie. He's coming out with a second one. It's called Venom. It, uh, Did it get great reviews? It's really weird. It, it just seems so weird. I didn't want to ruin my perception of what was already an incredible movie studio. I loved every Marvel movie I've ever seen. I don't want to see Venom and not like it. And also, I don't want to see it and like Tom Hardy less, but I'm going to have to see it eventually. It's you know, 35% on Metascore. I'm not sure what its Rotten Tomatoes are. It's probably under 50%, so it's not I don't think I don't think it got re- great reviews. I would say uh, around 40, but I'll tell you what, it's something I've got to see. It's a Tom Hardy as a superhero. It, it's supposed to I, be I, hilarious. I'll tell you what. I, I hate to break it to you, Daniel, but it, it, got, it got a 29%. That's not great. No, it's not good, but apparently it's really funny unintentionally. So I'll have to check that out. If anyone listening has seen it and thinks it belongs on the Tom Hardy Mount Rushmore, let us know because that's what we're gonna do. I I, w- I do like the idea of checking out Locke and then talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so- definitely about. It. And then this is just also a random tangent because you you mentioned uh, how he played twin brothers, but there's a new show on uh, HBO that's been three episodes called I Know This Much Is True with Mark Ruffalo, where he uh, he plays two two char- two twin brothers masterfully, just two di- dichotomous characters, and he. He does it amazingly, and, and I would recommend that show. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch it. No, I, I honestly haven't even heard of it. I'll be honest with you, I have not. Um, it's dark. It's a dark, sad show, but it's 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 like a mini. It's a it's a mini series. It's gonna have, it's one season. It's really good. Yeah, I've only I have not watched anything on HBO in quite some time. I'm kind of in a bit of like a a space where I'm trying to not watch too many new shows. I've got a couple shows checked out. Space Force. It's really funny. 
I'll tell you what. I heard it's first. Good. I heard first it's episode good. is average. Second episode is just crack up hilarious. And if you don't like the second episode, that it's not going to be the kind of humor for you. But if you like The Office, Steve Carell has a lot of Michael Scott energy. John Malkovich is great. There's a little bit of uh, maybe a lot of jokes about the the POTUS, and they're all warranted. And so that's a good one. Rick and Morty just wrapped up. So maybe I do have a little bit of space. I did catch a very cute kind of uh, romantic show on Amazon Prime called Modern Love that if you and your significant other listening at home or Josh, you and your girlfriend, Amazon Prime, it's very cute. It's based off of a bunch of short stories sent in mm-hmm. to the New York Times column about creative ways that people either fell in love or found love or loved themselves. And it has a bevy a bevy of actors. I mean, Anne Hathaway and Tina Fey, all in different episodes with Andrew Scott that I just saw, The Hot Priest. It's, it's got a ton of phenomenal actors and I really enjoyed it. It's only eight episodes and that's what I would uh, sign off with as my recommendation. I am going to check out the new mini series on AMC called Quiz that has Tom Haverstrom from, uh, or not Tom Haverstrom, Tom, whatever his last name was from uh, Succession. I, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, but I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And it's, it's supposed to be this true story about a man who went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in, in England and some scheme happened and there was some plot. I don't know the details because I haven't checked it out yet, but quiz on AMC or BBC is something that I'll, I'll probably check out. Maybe if you like it, we could talk about that a little bit too because that does mesh a bit of our listening audiences. But that'll wrap this one up. Anything else to say here about uh, Tom Hardy? Can we get a little bit of Alfie? Yeah, well, yeah, it was a good talk wrapping up this episode. <laughs> yeah, what was it? You've got the this street and this street. Farrington Road, Camden Road, <laughs> Farrington Road, Camden Road. Just peace, right pace. Peace between the Jews and the Italians. And that'll wrap up this episode. We are just trying to stay sane through this quarantine. Stay safe, everyone listening at home, and continue to wear masks and follow all of the proper, proper ways that your government is instructing you. He's Josh. I'm Daniel. We've been so you don't have to.